Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. My guest today is Chris Ward. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to it. This is one of these topics that I, I can't get enough of. So today we're going to chat about Chris's entrepreneurial story, how she got to where she is today, and then some actionable tips and advice on time management for small business owners. If you want to receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page for this episode, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So Chris Ward is the founder of Win the Hour, Win the Day, which is both a platform and an Amazon best-selling book, and it helps entrepreneurs to systematically grow their business and enjoy a personal life too, which is we're all, we're all striving for that. After the loss of her husband, Chris returned full-time to the marketing and branding agency that she had founded years earlier, only to find her business was thriving. She began teaching clients then the exact system and process that had freed her up and helped her during that difficult time and changed her clients' lives in the process as well. Through sound time management principles that anybody can understand easily, and we're going to chat about today, Chris's clients now have more time, freedom, and have recaptured the joy and fun they once had when they first started their business. Windy Hour, Windy Day offers a four-week productivity plan to go from overwhelmed to highly efficient so you can reclaim your life. Chris lives in, uh, is it Ajax? Is that how you pronounce it, I believe? Uh, Curtis now, but yes. The office, ah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which is uh, kind of a suburb, uh, more or less outside of Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. So that's where Chris is. So once again, Chris Ward, welcome to the show. Thank you. Back in the, uh, I guess this is mid nineties now, I worked for a company called Mary Kay Cosmetics and they have a branch location in Mississauga. So I spent about six months there on a, on a project and got to enjoy Toronto. It's been a while, but I loved it. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's starting to get cold there, I'm assuming, or what's, what are things like now? This is, uh, this is October, end of October as we record this. Yeah, we do have four full seasons for sure. <laughs> well, good. We're, we are, we're getting a, a bit of a um, cold front going through Dallas as we record this as well. But uh, let's, let's get into it, Chris. I'd, I'd like to start uh, after college, early career. Tell us a little bit about what you did then. Well, that uh, was very different than what I do now. And I think, you know what? I think... I always had a business mindset in my bones. Like I think back to when I was like 13, I was babysitting and I took that, like, you think I was running a multimillionaire <laughs> company. I was really structured and I had packages and I had all these things and man, a booking system. And it was crazy. And I took it like really, really seriously. So but when it came to post-secondary school, I just, I didn't really understand my options in business. I, all I saw was business was retail or, you know, real estate. I didn't really see all the potential possibilities of business and what that looked like. So I went in for something really by default. I went in for social work and working with people. I worked with youth for quite a while and I was actually 
good at it. Um, but what I was good at, people kept telling me was I had a business brain, they said, and that I would pair uh, resources with youth. So sort of help them rehabilitate their life when they had been abused and stuff. But I was using really what I look at now is infrastructures that work well with any business. So, so I think it was always there. Um, but I had went to a different career when, you know, what do you know when you're young and you're like, okay, I got to pick a course, close my eyes, point and figure <laughs> it out. I didn't know. So, so that's what I stumbled into when I was first out of school. And I'm going to be honest, part of it was because I didn't have to have strong math there. So mm -hmm. that was part of that. And um, then from that, it kind of evolved. I had a business on the side and it just came to a point where I was going to do a poor job of both of them if I didn't pick one. So what type of business was it on the side? Well, you know, at the time I was doing some business photography and it was very interesting because I, I only dealt with business people and I was doing headshots and things like that because I had always, you know, had photography as a hobby. And what I loved most was talking shop and and dealing with businesses and stuff. So, um, it started off with a photography company, but it grew wickedly quick into a marketing company because, you know, really I forget to lift the camera. I'd be talking to them about marketing and all this other stuff. And so that evolved really quickly. So I really just had to catch up with my own self-awareness of what I like to do versus planning what you think should be the next stage. So the, the photography business is what morphed into the marketing yeah. company. Okay. Really quickly. Yeah. All right, so, so back, you know, you, you were entrepreneurial from a start. Um, were there influences in your family for that? Or where do you think that came from in your personality? I don't know. I don't think I have any influences because they all make fun of me. Then my mother says I was born with a pen in my hand making a list, right? <laughs> they're not, uh, you know, they're just not, but yeah, that's my you know, they're not, I have a number of creative people in my family and stuff like that. So no, I don't know where it came from. I really don't. It was just something I was always, I was always fascinated with the machinery of business. Like I love documentaries and, and I think anything done really well comes down to business. Like if you look at anything, like being an Olympian, being anything like there is, once you boil it down, there is a business infrastructure for that success. So I really find things fascinating. Like recently I've got addicted to race car driving Formula One because I did this documentary on mm. Netflix and it was really fascinating the expense and the machinery and how they, I didn't have any idea of the magnitude of the business and how they have to pick up this conglomerate of machinery and expense and infrastructure and move it to a different, you know, never mind racing the cars, but then move all that to a completely different part of the world for next weekend. So, yeah. so I've just always found that interesting. Very interesting. And then, so the, the side business while you were doing social work, what was that for financial reasons that you did that? Or was it to, uh, to, because you had this creative passion, what led you to, to start the side business? I don't know. I think I was always a little bit of a, I don't like the word hustler, but I didn't love the idea of depending on one employer. It was always, I, that was the first time I had a business on my, on the side, but up until then, cause it was a full-time job with a lot of responsibility. But previous to that, I would prefer to have three part-time jobs and one mm. full-time job. Interesting. So yeah, I'm not sure a therapist could help me out with that one, but, <laughs> no, <laughs> but you, you so. figured out early on almost instinctively that that's one of the key things is not being dependent on, on one yeah. source. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost. I, I would. I would say if I was trying to play you know, uh, analyst here, is you. You wanted to bring order to things. You love the structure of business. 
you, you, you maybe were you afraid of losing one source of income? I mean, that's just it happened to be your personality, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, no, I just, I always, uh, probably to be honest, I work too hard. I now realize that's a problem, like not your strength is your weakness. So, um, and I, I just had, you know, I, I didn't want to depend on one employer. So I had things on the side and stuff like that. And, and when I start my own business, it's because I did have a big responsibility mainframe job that couldn't juggle two other jobs. So then I could juggle myself around it. So it was just something I always did, had multiple mm -hmm. things in the works, really. Yeah. So then what led you to decide leaving the job and going full-time with the marketing agency? Um, I had switched jobs and I didn't like my, I, there's a change in structure and I, I didn't particularly enjoy my new boss and, um, and the side business was growing a lot. So I was starting to feel like I was at a crossroads where I was in danger of doing them both poorly because the side thing was growing considerably. So it was like, okay, this is no longer a little side thing. So I either need to quit this or do it. And like, cause I never want to do two things adequately. So it just sort of, you know, and, uh, and then I thought, well, I can always get another job. Like you can always come back. Right. Right. And that's, that's always such a great point. I love when people yeah. highlight that because I think that's one of the key questions I always ask people is if you try this business venture, what's the worst case scenario? And for a lot of people, it's, well, I'll go get another job, right? It's not the end of the world, typically. No. All right, so uh, you're in this successful business, this marketing agency, and then a major life event happens, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us about that and having to take some time off and, and what it did to the business. Well, I had been, you know, backing up a little bit, I had been in business for about four years and I looked around and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm working crazy hours. And I thought it would have calmed down by now. There's always that mentality of, okay, once I get caught up, once I get this, once after the holidays, all this stuff. And, and one day I nearly electrocuted myself simply because I was in such a rush and <laughs> I just thought this, you know, this is not a good thing. And I also had an amazingly supportive, wonderful family. And I felt that he didn't, you know, he, I, I was famous for like five minutes or one more email or, you know, he had, you know, kindly asked me one time specifically not to burn the house down because I would come home at night and I think, okay, I gotta make something quick to eat. I'll just answer one email while that's boiling. And then, you know, you get sucked into your work and now there's a fire alarm going off if you're lucky or there's just flames right <laughs> so I just thought this is not a way to live so I thought I need to make some changes but I had always gotten a lot done I was always considered somebody that got stuff done that people came to you know I was a resource that way so the idea of time management it was just a big pushback for me I thought I don't know I get a lot done in a day but there just seemed to be more to do. It wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And so I started to really feverishly examine productivity and take a look at that and say, wow, you know, there's gotta be an easier way because I just didn't think I could keep it up that pace. And I didn't think it was fair to those around me. And I had realized that I had subscribed to the old way of doing things where your personal life pays the price. You're working harder and harder. You're buying new technology, you're burning out and you're repeating the cycle. And it just, was no longer working. I had been in business long enough to know I'm running at excuses. It's not like I, it's six months in, it's now four years, something different has to happen. So I did, I examined productivity with every ounce of my being. And I started to see things and learn things and examine people that were way more successful than me and ask a lot of questions. And 
really look at it differently. And I needed something simple, not an infrastructure, a lot of the stuff you see out there that's really heavy and you plug it in. And by the time you get that all set up, you could have just done the work you needed to do. So I needed something really simple, refreshingly easy and different. And so I did, I went from working, like I would honestly say 16 hours a day down to six or seven. Like I was easily working to midnight most nights and then starting to get up earlier and earlier you know, five o'clock in the morning and stuff. And as my husband would say, the first place I always stole time was sleep, which reportedly did not make me the warmest human being. <laughs> I so, can imagine. Yeah. And uh, so then when I started making changes, then I was starting to have these crazy reasonable hours. Like, told, you know, I'd finish work at four or five and I'd start at whatever after my workout in the morning. And, and I just couldn't believe the lifestyle difference. I could not believe that I could work and it wasn't just the less hours I put in it was the strategies I put in place so I couldn't believe that you could be calm clear-headed and focused throughout the day and that that would yield you so much more productivity like so much more productivity so I was constantly astounded by that and I just thought this is crazy I took pride in how hard I worked you know I just thought that's what you do it's what we hear work hard and um, you know to find out that really was working against me was like shocking completely yeah. shocking so go ahead no it's just did you feel any guilt with that because i think that's one of the challenges that we have is that especially yes. if we haven't been taught that we think oh we just got to work harder right yeah and if you're that's not a, if you're if you're idle then you you must be lazy that's a really good point because i know what happened was i would experience when i was rested and refreshed and then it would be i feel now you should start work refreshed and leave fresh and at the time when i would leave work still fresh i would think well look how much i got done today and i still feel great so why don't i stay longer and then it took a while like a you know relapse and recovery system here it took a while to figure out you feel good because it's like sprints you they say business you know it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon but if you're sprinting the marathon <laughs> that's a problem right so i did i'd have to realize that to just be doing one thing I used to think was doing nothing. And so when you started to slow down and have clarity and calm and not have all that adrenaline rushing through you, you do have to reevaluate how you approach things. And, and because you do start to question or justify your existence, like, oh, I used to work way harder, but you know, but I was getting way more done, but you, it is, you can slip into that slope of I'm getting so much more done. I feel good. I'm going to put in an extra hour, but then that's how it all deteriorates. That's the slippery slope you get on really quickly. And that's something my clients talk about all the time too, is they have to learn like, oh my gosh, like that's a whole different, I've never been here before. And there's mixed feelings here and you almost need business therapy. So you're right. That's a big part of the transition is knowing what to do with yourself. Right. 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 Absolutely. Well, and, and accepting that, that this is what, this is why you started a business in part is to have that lifestyle and to have those, that freedom of time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'd like to get some, some examples of how you began to do that. And you're hinting at them because the, for example, let's start with leave fresh. What, what does that mean? And how, give me an example of how you do that. Well, so, uh, let me, I'm not sure if I answered your first question. Let me jump back there really quickly, just for a second, if you don't mind. So what happened was all that thing, all that happened and fell into place. And then my husband had been diagnosed and then I had been pulled away from the business. And then when I did come back, um, I was really pretty much gone for two years. The wow. clients that I dealt with on a regular basis, 
when it became public of his death, they had no idea. And they said, Chris, we talk to you all the time. They talked, well, what they thought, what I was doing was I was working, I went from 16 hours a day, then I went down to like seven hours a day. And then I went down to really like three hours a week. So I really just popped in, made a few quick decisions, had a few contacts left. Like I had no idea what's going on. So they were really shocked that they felt they had this sense by the strategies and things we had in place. They felt they had these contacts with me more than they did. And so they were like, oh my gosh, like, how did you do that? Because even if you take the emotion aside out of that, you know, all the appointments, doctors, chemos, like that in itself is like two full-time jobs, Never mind the company. So then I returned and they started asking me like, you know, I don't mean to be insensitive, but can you explain to me how you did that? And Mm -hmm. that's when I started working with them under that capacity of time management. And then to slide into your second question, some of the things that we talk about starting, you know, refreshed is here's the, here's the thing. What it is, is there's all these things out there with, you know, and I did them too. Like, oh, if you buy this software, because technology is now improving and you just put some piece of information in this side and it'll come out work done on the other side. And you just need a couple months to learn the program. Never mind the money. Okay, the money's a little bit too, but more than that, it's the time that you have to figure it out and do all this stuff. And then you find out three months later, it's just another make work program that you didn't have time for. And now you're further behind. It's very upsetting. So there's all that stuff. So I had fallen, you know, trapped to all that type of thing as well. But really what it's about is putting simple strategies in place and organizing, and that's not even the right word, restructuring how you navigate through your time for your business, for your lifestyle. And there's principles in place that we can all adhere to no matter what we do, you know, for our living like that that's the thing. It's not this big infrastructure to put in your calendar, but there's just how the brain works and there's ways you can navigate to yield the best results for you on your day. And that's where it starts with. Okay. So let's start talking about, give me an example of that. And of course it's different for everybody. And we're going to get into some of the components of that, but, but give me an example then of what that looked like for you at the agency. And especially again, going back to the the point of that intrigued me as of leaving fresh, because that's a hard one to accomplish. Yeah. I found. Yeah. No, you need to be starting work refresh, leaving fresh. If you are not leaving fresh, you you stayed too long. So what's happening is, so you can do things like here's a simple one. This is so simple, and yet people struggle with it. Do your creative work first. When you go in, whatever takes the most focus and most creativity that you're doing, you do the first hour, right? That's like your phone is fully charged. You don't have all these apps open on it. You don't have decision fatigue. You don't have attention residue. You don't have any of that. So you go in and you say, okay, whatever it is that you want to execute this, you know, um, if you're getting whatever project that you committed to a client, or maybe you want to start a podcast or you're writing a book, you go in and you do that first thing. And most people, 90% of people default to their emails. And not only are you letting all outside forces totally dictate your day. So now everything outside your office is telling you which way to go and when it's also going in many different directions. So that's really hard on the brain. And also then by the time that calms down and you send things back out, you're just creating this cycle of work. So what happens then is I certainly used to do this. I think, okay, we've got this big project. Maybe we're putting up a new website or we're doing something for our company. Well, I'll just burn through the day as fast as I can. And then I'll do my work 
you know, later, three, four o'clock. Okay, I didn't get it done. So now it's five, now it's six. And the idea that I thought I could learn something new or do something creative at seven o'clock at night it was insanity, but yet I did it for years thinking, well, I've, I've been responsible. I've got the work, work done for the clients. Now I'll try to do me. But if you do your work the first hour, man, it's, there's a sense of fulfillment the whole day, but then also you can be accountable. Like, okay, we have said that this project, we have now marketed We told our audience online, this is going to be out in six weeks and it will be out in six weeks because you're doing the creative work first. You're giving it your best and you can now chronologically map how that's going. Mm. So that's a big thing that most people just don't do. Right. And we're going to dive into more of the, the, the tactics of that, because that's, that's been, that's been so critical for me to get better at what I do. And then we're going to also talk about the systems, but obviously then at the end of the day, you have to have had a situation where you learned to delegate, you had systems in place, and you also, I think, learned that you don't have to get it all done, that some of it is noise and, and that's okay. You don't have to complete everything on your arbitrary to-do list before you leave for the day. Is that part of it? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things to unpack in there. So well, the first thing I would say to people is, you know, most people think they can't afford a team and you definitely absolutely hundred percent can in this day and age. If you can afford a coffee, you can afford a team. But what I would tell you is adding more people to chaos does not decrease the chaos. So you have to have your ducks in a row. You have to have your day organized and planned out and you have to be able to guarantee your results before you can put that on somebody else. So delegating only works if you have everything lined up for yourself. Otherwise, this is where people go wrong. They're like, okay, I just need to hire someone, blah, blah, blah. And that person comes in and nothing is set up for them. And they're like, okay, I was trying to do this. And you're like, oh yeah, that's password for that. Well, it's not working. Oh, you're right. It works for the other three, but not that one and not on Tuesdays. Okay, hold on. I'll, you know. So then all of a sudden they seem like more of a nuisance and a help because they're interrupting your work. And then they get frustrated, you get frustrated. And now it's, oh, it's hard to find good help these days. And it all spirals out of control. So delegating is good when the infrastructure is there. So that's the first thing you want to be careful there. Then I don't believe in to-do lists at all. To-do lists, yeah, they don't work. They never work. There's, they're not in chronological order. There's no measurement of time. What happens with a to-do list is the emergencies rise to the top and you only get them done when they become an emergency. Um, And you can't improve what you don't measure. So you don't have any idea of this to-do list, how long it took you to do it, or how, you know, I used to go on Monday morning with a mighty to-do list in my hand, thinking for some reason that Monday was three times the length of any other day, and I was going to accomplish all these things, and I'd be so excited, check, 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 and then I'd get to the fifth or sixth thing, and I wouldn't understand that that one took two days, or this one took four hours, so I would just dump it to Tuesday and come in earlier because I didn't meet my mark for Monday. So it's having a plan in place versus really a to-do list is like extra nuts and bolts on the floor after you've built something like, Mm -hmm. hey, how come we don't have anywhere for those to go? Oh, don't worry. The table will be fine. Like (laughs) it was for extra parts, (laughs) but they're they're not part of a plan. They're on the floor, right? So that's another thing is people, you cannot cannot run a business on a to-do list. Yeah, excellent point. And we'll come back to that. And I'll share with you kind of how I use a to-do list and where I'm trying to get better at that. But before we get there, uh, we're touching on these principles of what you call win the hour, win the day. But let's let's start there to kind of segue into the details of this. 
share with me at a high level what that means, win the hour, win the day, and then we'll, we'll dive into the details as we're starting to here. I believe you, if you win the hour, you can win the day. And that means it's hour by hour. So if you set up an hour, because I used to say it to people, it's not what you do with your day, people. It's what you do with your hour. And so what happens is those are really healthy markers for the day. So here's an example. A couple weeks ago, something happened to my phone. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I got to call. It was a problem. I called Apple. And now I've been on the phone for 45 minutes. And okay, so I hang up, I've lost 45 minutes. Now the old me would go into hysterical mode of try to you know make up for the last time, go faster and faster, and stress everyone else out around me, and just try to be you know quicker and more efficient. And by the way, that never works because you're just rushing people, and now they you know inadvertently start to speak slower, and that irritates you, and you just like get out of my way. <laughs> but, but something like that so, would throw your can throw your entire day, right? That yes, a lot of us. Yeah. And then your energy is moving ahead of you, and you're trying to catch up with it. Like it's psychologically very stressful, and and that never just you know when you're walking out the door and you drop your keys, and you're in a rush, and I spilled the coffee. It's all because you're just out of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened that day was I looked at my calendar and I said, okay, I've lost an hour. So let's look at my calendar for today. The things, what can I move? to tomorrow. And I looked and I said, okay, that has to go to tomorrow. These things have to, that one, it can, we can be flexible on that. We can move that. That's fine. So then I was back in my calm state and I proceeded the day at the same level of efficiency. So when I take it hour by hour, then you can break it down and say, okay, how do, you know, you're much more accountable to that hour because you get this false sense. Like I used to get this false sense diving into the early morning, how much I could is my mother used to say to me, how long do you think this day is? Like, cause oh, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll get that tomorrow. I'll get that tomorrow. And how long is tomorrow going to be for you? Because that seems like a mighty list. <laughs> so what happens is you are more reasonable and more able to comprehend reality when you break it down into an hour. So if you stop and put your head down and say, I have to get this done in an hour, that is much more um, set up for success than thinking I'm going to do these six things today. Because what happens is you don't know when you go off course and you don't know how off course you are to the end of the day when you go, oh, I had these six things and I still have four to do. But if you have one thing to do in this hour and you've got 15 minutes left and it's not done, like then you're like, okay, what's happening here? So you can quickly course correct much earlier in the day. So it really allows you to be much more effective and proactive versus reactive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I'm, what I'm taking from it, it is, it, it is really hard to manage an entire day that something doesn't happen, a fire doesn't come up that has to be put out, something throws you. But, but I can have some successful hours, and that makes for a successful day. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't even need to have fires that show up that you because do you know I'll tell you the more and more you use the strategies in my book, the less and less fires you have because you have a plan, right? So what happens is it just allows you, whether it's a smooth day or not, to have a better reality of what's happening. The other thing is people, so many people do not put on their calendar what they do every day. They say, oh, no, no, I do that every day. Don't worry about it. I know that. So I was dealing with you know, uh, a lawyer and they had this sort of paperwork they had to do at the end of the day. And so every day that was really important documentation that had to be done and took about an hour. So the point is, you know you have to do that every day, so you're not counting it on your calendar. That's like saying, well, I know my car payment comes out every month, so I don't count that as an expense. So you think you have eight hours today, but you might only have four or five because you're not putting things on your calendar. So the very 
fundamentals, the very infrastructure of how you navigate your day is completely flawed. You know, you are counting on eight to 10 hours and you have four. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you end up then working 16 hours and you still don't get it yeah. all done. Give me a little bit more on how you decide what gets that block of time and what, you know, either you delegate or, or doesn't get done. Well, you know, it really depends what you're doing, where you're at and everything else is going on. I really don't think, you know, that that's that big of a decision. The more you start managing your time this way, the more it just becomes clear what your priorities are. Um, so, you know, I would definitely encourage batch work whenever you can. And this isn't a thing I hear from people. I'll say something like, you know, I have coaching calls. And so I do all my calls on Wednesdays and Thursdays and I just put them back to back. And they're like, you don't understand, Chris, my business is different. And, and everyone says all the time, my business is different, blah, blah, blah. So what I would say to you is when you start with client one and two and they say, oh yeah, Thursdays are good for me. And then you say, oh, to the next one, you know, hey, I've got a spot Thursday afternoon. Once you give them that choice, they start to fall in order. You'll find that very few people will go outside the choices you give them. Right. So all of a sudden you realize, huh, I do have six clients in one day. Isn't that great? And then because they're virtual appointments, they can be back to back. And because you're doing maybe a coaching call, then your mind frame is in the same you know, position. So you're not going left and then right and trying to remember, oh, no, I'm doing this now. I'm doing that. So it's really about being efficient with that and time batching and stuff like that. And once you start doing that, the choices make themselves. Like, I don't think anyone is, the people I deal with, I find like, mm, they don't learn so well. Or I don't think Friday afternoon is a time to have a, a decision meeting where you have to make a choice about a sale. It's too easy to say, oh, I'll go back to you Monday. I'm kind of tired. So I have no meetings on Fridays. And there's things that I do every Friday. So I just start setting up where I see stronger, you know, returns of success. So it kind of just evolves as you start when the dust settles and you're planning and mapping out your day and your time, you start to see things quite easily. There's not these big rules or big decisions you have to make. You start to see the clarity of it all because you have a plan versus really just sitting there in like a firefighter waiting for the bell to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about the, the topic of building your day around when you're freshest and working on your, yeah. to work on your number one priority. It seems obvious, but what I find myself doing is nonetheless, I kind of let, I kind of, for sort of project, I'm working on a particular project right now that's important to me. I'm developing a program. And it seems that some weeks I'm plugging in where there are gaps instead of this, that is something so important to me, instead of letting that dictate the weekend and everything else can fill around it. You follow up the mistake I'm yeah, making yeah, there? Yeah. Um, so, so any thoughts there on how I tackle that better? And, 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 and also to this point of what am I doing to myself by not blocking it out when I am the freshest and have the most energy? Well, what I would suggest, I call that working backwards. And we talk about this in the book. We all do this in our personal life. So you might say, oh my gosh, I got to be at the dentist Thursday morning at 11. And so you realize, oh, the dentist is an hour away. And oh my gosh, I have to do this, I have to do that. All of a sudden you realize, okay, I have to be uh, up at eight and out the door at nine to get to this dentist at 11. And so you, you do that all the time, no big deal. So we need to do that in business. I know when I wrote my book, When the Hour, When the Day, um, what I did was said, okay, I want it released in June. Okay. So now let's start working backwards. What do I have to do to get it to the editors, to get it to here, to get it there. And all of a sudden I realized, you know, I need to produce five 
pages a day. Now, there were times that I didn't feel I had five pages in me. But because I had mapped it out so clearly, I thought, hmm, I don't feel I have five pages in me today. I'm pretty sure I won't have 10 in me tomorrow. So that kept me on track because it was very sobering. So I was like, oh, okay. Whereas if I was just writing a book and I'd like to get it done in the next six months and I didn't have it all mapped out, like if I didn't do the math, it'd be really easy, so easy to say, oh, you know what? I'm just a little tired today. I'm going to feel really good Thursday and Friday and it'll just fly, you know, my fingertips would be like sparks on the keyboard. So you would have this false sense of, you know, ambition and hope if you didn't have a real clear vision. Cause that was very sobering to me. Like, okay, five pages is 10 tomorrow and it's 15 for Wednesday. So get on your five pages before this gets out of control. Mm -hmm. So I think working backwards definitely adds some clarity to the plan. Yeah. Um, and I, so going back also to the point of working when you're fresh, I find that everybody has, I mean, for myself, I have enough experience to know that I've got a couple of productive times in the day. And so I try to leverage that, but I think everybody has to kind of figure out what that is for them. And then of course their life situation and what that allows as well. Right. Yeah. Your life. I mean, certainly you, everybody's got different contributing factors to the busyness of their day, whether they have children, whether they have this and that. Here's the thing I want to caution people though. Sometimes people challenge me on that and they say, hmm, no, because you don't understand I'm different. I'm a night owl. And I think, are you? Or are you just, is that a psychological comfort for you where you think, okay, I've got through the day. I've answered my emails. The phone stopped ringing. Um, the kids are in bed. And so you feel relaxed where you don't have as much coming at you. So it, it, there's a false sense of control there. But because, you know, science shows over and over again that your brain, just like everything else in your body, is not freshest at night or we wouldn't be going to bed. <laughs> it's interesting. It. I, you know, I, I would say that I, I'm one of those people. Um, and it's not because we have kids or our daughter's gone to college. It has a lot to do with my sleep issues, but I have a productive time in the morning, not immediately after I get up, but about an hour or so afterwards. I think that's probably fairly common. And then I do often, not always, but I often have another spark at night. And in fact, I do some of my best writing at night. Um, and, and that may be for a number of factors where you think, okay, you know what? You know, I'm relaxed. Some ideas have come to me. I'll just play with this. But that I would, I would challenge you. That's not a good time to schedule it. If you say, oh my gosh, you know what? Here's my plan. I'm working backwards. I'm going to write all these times or whatever. And then you just hit, you know, inspired action or you got really excited about something and you decide I'll pick it up for an hour tonight and all of a sudden it turned into two hours. That's great. I don't think it's highly effective to count on that or plan it, but, and that's just going with a whole bunch of science. But if you get inspired action, we're not saying that. The, and again, the more rested you are and create, that just lends itself to be more creative. The brain doesn't work at all when you're racing it with adrenaline and getting to the next thing. The biggest inventions of all mankind and humanity have come from times of relaxation and play right back from Newton's apple. So, you know, you might find that you're having a good week, you're feeling rested, and then you have moments of inspiration that you take action. So I'm not, a, I'm not saying it's all black and white, everything has to be done at 9am in the morning, but the best proven strategies are that the work that's most important or requires the most focus should be done earlier in the day. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I and interestingly, yeah. I do not block out time in the evenings. It's like you say, yeah. I usually will do something creative. 
So yeah. writing for me is creative. Okay, so if, if there are no to-do lists and I'm using a calendar instead to manage what I'm working on, but how do you keep track then of all of those things that need to be, that need to be done? Well, I mean, the calendar is the map, right? So you say, okay, here's what I have, where I'm going. So it's like your GPS for the day. You do need some sort of very simple, I would say, project management things to have places to hold the work, right? Okay, okay. I mean, you can get pretty far on a calendar. You really can. Um, and that's the bulk of it. And that's the deadlines. And that's where everything is. But you know, there's a lot of really basic softwares out there that just say, okay, you know, when you've got multiple projects and things are n navigating four or five months out, you want to have a place to hold those things. Um, so there's that. But what I really want people to understand is all these tools and softwares, like anything that I work with my clients on, you know, we get this question all the time at, you know, www.winthehourwintheday.com. If it's a tool that's going, most of our tools, almost all of them are free or next to free. And if it's something that's going to take a learning curve, if you can't learn it in five or 10 minutes, then it's not going to help you. It's not going to solve your immediate problem. It's not for now. So I'm all about, it's very, the wealthiest people in the world are using the simplest tools and they're free or next to free. So that's one thing I really want people to understand. I'm not talking about getting a complicated software system and doing this and all this structure and whatever, very, very basic stuff. And really, again, but I'd say 75% of it comes from how you use your calendar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fair enough. All right. In the book, and we've touched on some of it already on the book, you talk about, you say strugglers focus on. So people who struggle with managing yeah. their day, we've talked on some of it. We talked about the challenge of hustle and hard work and thinking like that's a badge of honor, um, wanting to do everything. I think we've touched on that. But per perfection over delivery is one that I've struggled with and still struggle with. So did you have that challenge early on or, or did you early on figure out um, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just a lot of times 80% is good enough or whatever, you know, whatever analogy you want to use. What are your thoughts there? My thoughts are, I just got called out on that today. <laughs> so <laughs> I was speaking with one of my mentors and what I was trying to defend my position and say, look, it's because he was giving this whole argument of, you know, everyone tries to pretend they're perfect online and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I said, no, that's not what I was doing. I have this obsession of not looking like I'm showing up ill-prepared. I want you to know I'm showing up prepared. And he said, Chris, you can just call it something different, but that's you trying to be perfect. So I get it. You, you went, I, you went to school, you got your book learning, you want to get out there and you want to look like you're going to do your best job. And so we all want to put a polished product out there and man, oh man, it, you, I've done that a couple of times when I knew better and I just, I oh, no, no, I really know my audience. Like, here's the thing. We did this for years and years offline and to the point where it's like, okay, I had my marketing agency. Now I'm doing this when the hour, when the day coaching and I couldn't do it online because the people that, I mean, it was virtual appointments, but they were all ge uh, close to me in geography wise. And so they didn't want to know each other's business. So now I'm losing one fifth of my week, like a whole day to this other program, which is great. But I'm like, I can't grow this. Like this, there's a cap on this. So I thought I got to write a book and take this online. So, you know, that's what I did there. And then when I'm doing that, now we do coaching with people, you know, around North America. But before I put it out, as far as doing the one-on-one -on -one coaching with the Winners Academy, I was like, well, I'll do my info product because I know my audience. I've been doing this for years. 
And everyone told me, no, no, do coaching first mm -hmm. to know your audience and get the videos. Oh, you don't understand. I'm going to make it look perfect. I've done this for years. I know what they want. And of course, when I started coaching, you know, they wanted something very different than my <laughs> local audience wanted. And I wasted a complete amount of time, made it look pretty. It looked really pretty. So, you know, it was all organized and everything. So that is something where I think this, the really, what I've had to painfully learn is the most successful people in the world. What makes them successful is how they view time. And then they're, they're I wouldn't even call it gap. The, the, how they get from idea to implementation. Mm -hmm. That is what makes them successful. Where yeah, the rest that, of us That's are, what you call that speed of implementation. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So no, I still, I have, I have grown considerably even in this last year, but now I recognize it when I see it and I, I don't allow myself to justify it with all these really good excuses, Chris excuses, mm -hmm. but no, that is something that it's, it's painful for all of us. Cause you just like, you're putting your guts out online and then some kind person is nice enough to, you know, tell you how bad it is. And you're like, oh, that's great. But as he said to me today, he said, listen, do you want to spend five weeks learning the issues with this? Or do you want to learn it in the afternoon? So it was a bit brutal, but you got your feedback in two hours. Look how much time you saved. And you're like, okay, but I can't see straight because my eyes just closed shut from being bruised. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I feel like Rocky at the end of the movie. But no, he's like, what a waste of time. Get it out there. Get kicked around. Then you learn it in two hours. I'm like, okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so easy, you know. I find it so easy to hide behind. Oh no, I, I got to put oh. more work into it. I got to do more planning. I got to do more analysis. It's got to yeah. be prettier, and then maybe somebody will accept it, right? Because at the end of the yeah. day, I think that's part of it, Chris. Is we we're putting this out there, whatever it is, it's a part of us, and we don't want that rejection. And we think if we work harder, longer at it, we'll minimize that possibility. I think. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And what I'm all about is helping people eliminate 80% of their to-do list, 100% of their guilt, so they can stop doing things that they hate, that they don't have time for. And really, it's an easy and permanent fix. And what I hear all the time is people lean over to me and they'll say, Chris, Chris, and they feel bad because they say, like, I, I don't want any more clients. I want to leverage my work. Or, you know, they are just starting out their business and they're like, I don't want to work this many hours. And they feel ashamed, like, like they're pushing back money. There is an easier way. I wish I had known it. It was just not only did I work so hard and wear myself down, but I was working against myself. That's the biggest thing. It was counterproductive. That's the real horror of it all. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. And so for that solopreneur or that small business owner or someone who's looking to start their first business, where do you usually recommend you get started with this different approach to time management? I say different because for most of us, it is different. Where do, where do you usually have them start? Well, I would read the book and I'm not saying that just because I wrote it, but because I'm telling you, you were never taught this, right? And if you can have time management as your superpower or as what I call it, time empowerment, you can do anything. Like you can build on anything. Like that just means anything you want to learn in your industry or whatever, you can implement it quicker and do all that stuff because you've got this infrastructure in place because it doesn't matter where you went to school to the highest level of education. You know, one professor didn't say to you, Oh, how are the other ones treating you? Do you have a lot of work? Let me show you how to integrate all that work. That's just not how it's done. Right. Mm -hmm. So you've never really been taught this other than just go as fast as you can and juggle and do all that stuff. So I would recommend reading the book because there's really some fundamental principles there that as people keep telling me on a daily basis, it really, they say, oh my gosh, it changed how they saw like the fun, the really fundamentals of time and business. And I think any great change 
comes from a mind shift. Like when yeah, somebody yeah. No, all there's of a definitely sudden, a mindset shift that has to happen here to, for yeah. this to, to be able to start to implement this really truly in how we how we run yeah. our day. Yeah. Right, but so so once I do that and I get it and, and I start to buy into these philosophies and the mind shift, what's one example where a small business owner can start to take more control over their day? Well, I would definitely start with the calendar. That's the biggest one is start using the calendar. And when you, I remember the day, it was like a Monday afternoon, it was two o'clock in the afternoon. And I really was filling in the calendar of what I had to do for that week. And I remember looking at it going, oh, like, no wonder I'm tired. There's only like three hours available today and tomorrow that, you know, that were at my disposal. And I thought, oh my gosh, like the math just did not work. So it sounds simple. I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but I can't nail that down enough for people is if the calendar is not a diary, it's not something for outside people to put and make sure that you don't offend your dentist when you don't show up. It is your GPS for success. It is where you put your priorities. It's clarity. It's everything. So if you start using that, it's a blueprint to your to your business. Everything else will change. Okay. All right. So help me with this. You know, one of our businesses that, that we just sold was the car wash business. And in that business, not unlike a lot of businesses, I'm sure you'll say, here, here's me saying how unique it is. But you have an operation that every day something happens because it's mechanical and there's machinery and there's cars and things happen. And so th that's what I was alluding to earlier about the fires of the day. Yeah. Knowing that that's part of that business, as it is with a lot of businesses, any thoughts on how I don't let, and you touched on it earlier about having those blocks, but is, in part, is it in part having those critical blocks of time like before I open the business so that I'm less likely to get consumed by that issue or that fire? Is that part of it? Well, you know, you have to look at the infrastructure of your business. So let's say, I don't know, let's say you're running the car wash, but it's getting close to Christmas. You're going to do some Christmas fundraiser. It's huge, hugely important for your community. So that might be a point where you say, okay, this is really important. I do this first thing in the morning. Do I come in an hour earlier or do I just do it during that first hour when we're not as busy? But here's the reality of it. Like, don't think for a minute that FedEx doesn't have all kinds of fires they have to put out. They don't say, oh my gosh, traffic was bad. We didn't get that organ to that hospital. Or they don't have a to-do list when the driver, you hand them something vitally important and they say, you've got the address, right? Like, so you think your business is unique and it, it definitely, you know, you're special, you're unique, but it, it, it's not a standalone. Businesses have more in common than they have in anything else. So what I would say to you is, when you start putting these things on the calendar and saying, okay, this is what happens and these are our busiest hours. So we have this more staff from 11 to one and this is what happens and they go to lunch here and then we do paperwork here or whatever. Then you can start to see, we just had this meeting last week in my team. We were having something that we were struggling with on Fridays. Um, really simply put, it's our coaching calls. Our clients get to see, the we tape it and they get a, a transcription of it so they can go over it and make notes and they can watch the video. And they want it for the weekend. Some of them are having calls Thursday afternoon and now, you know, they want them Friday and it was just a time crunch. And I said, okay, that's not working because it was putting pressure on the system. Mm -hmm. So we could see because we have everything else laid out. Well, what's happening with the calendar Fridays? What can we move so that you can get this out? You don't feel rushed at the end of the day trying to get this. How can we speed up this process? So 
we only had a couple weeks where it wasn't that it wasn't delivered. It was just more pressure on us than we needed. So we said, hmm, we're starting to get pressures on Friday afternoons. What if somebody calls them sick? Whatever. So we have to put something different in place and strategize. There's always a plan B and C and D, right? So I would just say when you start you know, navigating through the day with a plan, it allows you to have a better understanding when there is a hiccup, what is the pattern of that? Like, oh, now we're noticing our, our issues in the car wash are always in the afternoon. Okay. So if somebody's going to call in sick, we'll say, okay, whatever, but we need to get somebody here for the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So it just lets you course correct and evaluate your information. So I kind of think of it like an old, like maybe a, a big pile of apples in a grocery store and they got it piled up. So instead of one apple falling off and then the whole thing just dismantles and apples are everywhere in the store, you might have an apple or two that falls down. You pick it up, dust it off, put it back in the pile. It's all good. The whole display was not destroyed. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. Yeah. And I think also to continue with that analogy is you got to check yourself and see, are you the only one that can pick up the apples, right? So yeah. have you empowered others? Do you have others in a position that they can put out some of those fires themselves without yeah. having to come get you, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Let's summarize for me again. We've been touching on it, but tell me uh, uh, briefly the services that you currently offer your clients. Well, we've got all kinds of stuff happening with Win the Hour, Win the Day. So that's really exciting. Uh, we do coaching and then we're building out a platform. So we're going to have info product there. Um, so you can always you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Tell me that you heard me on this really great podcast. I would love to know that. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, we're actually weeks away from launching our own podcast called Now Your Business. You know, how to oh, get cool. your next win now. Um, so I'm in great appreciation of your wonderful uh interviewing skills because I definitely didn't think it was easy, but of course, like anything, there's more of a learning curve than I'm enjoying right now, but it's all, it's all good. <laughs> so, all good. That's right. Yeah, it's all good. So that part is really exciting. So look, you know, keep an eye on that for now your business. And uh, yeah, I, I just really wanted to write this book and I worked, you know, it was a lot of work to make a book that's really an easy read and has clarity in it and just something you could read and walk away refreshed and not, you know, not heavy handed. And I just want people to know that business should be fun and that you should, your business should support your life, not consume it. And, you know, it, it just doesn't have to be, I don't believe in that grind anymore at all. So just have some fun with your business, enjoy your dreams and make it easy. Love that. And then I think you have a special offer for our listeners. Yes, we do. We're working on something right now as we speak. So reach out and uh, just send me, reach out with me to me on LinkedIn, particularly, or even Instagram, whatever. And we've got, uh, we're working on a whole audio series right now that we're launching that we'll give away to your listeners free. So we've got some really great tips on how to navigate through a big project uh, really effectively. And I sort of diaried when I was working on a major project, how I got it from idea to implementation in three weeks. And so it's a nice little audio series that you can listen to and you don't even have to do any reading because you'll be too busy reading the book, right? I mean, seriously. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right, great. So we'll have links to that as well on the show notes page. Yep. Yeah. And, and people can listen uh, or find that rather at thehowabusiness.com. All right, besides your book, which again, we'll have a link to as well, which is Win the Hour, Win the Day. Is there another book that comes to mind that you would recommend? Yeah, so if you're, I think either if you're starting out in business or you just need to be reminded, for me, you know, I think we all have read The E-Myth and it really just is a profound 
um, it just gives you perspective on business and really simplifies it. So I would definitely uh, make sure I read the E-Myth. Um, I don't know if you're a Russell Brunson fan. He's got some good books out. And Jim Edwards has a new book called Copywriting Secrets Out. Even if you think, what, copywriting, what's that about? That's just understanding how to communicate in any way uh, to market yourself. And that is really, you know, really crucial in business. So that's a good one there as well. Um, so yeah, there's no shortage of really great business books out there. Agreed. Yeah, those are great recommendations. And we'll have links to all of those on the show notes page. Thanks for that. All right, let's, let's summarize it, Chris, and uh, share with me, What's one thing from the conversation that we've had on time management for small business owners? What's one thing you want us to remember and take away? I just think you should run the business. The business should not run you. That's what I really want. And that if you think for a minute, oh, but that's just because we're doing this right now. The whole idea, once I get caught up, here's the fundamentals. We, this is hugely important. This is a one day I realized this. I was like, I could hear myself saying, okay, well, we'll do that later once we get caught up. And I realized, hmm, if I'm in the idea, the whole concept of business is to get more business. So if I'm busy now and I get more business, I'm going to be busier. So why do I think I'll have time later? So nothing's going to change. In fact, if things go the way you want them to go, they're just going to get busier and thus worse. So really you want to have fun with it. You want to, you know, you want to know, fix it now because it's not going to go away and you want to enjoy your life. Business should be fun and life should be more fun. Love that. Well said. You know, I think for me, uh, those are all great takeaways. I think this topic of time management and efficiency is one that we've covered a lot on this show because it's, it's so critical. Uh, what I would challenge the listener, what I always try to do with this is I've always throughout the years tried to take one or two things that I can improve mm -hmm. the way I'm doing things now. Now, if you're really disorganized and your day is chaotic, like we've described, then yeah, you need a, a wholesale change and reading the book, reading Chris's book will give you that mind shift. But otherwise, what I tend to do and what I'm going to take from this conversation is I'll look at what I'm doing and adjust and add those tips to it. And so that's what I always challenge people with on these types of topics. Yeah. And if I could just make this one last point, because I hear that a lot. Uh, being organized is not your key to success because I know I did that. I'm a pretty organized person, but what happened was then I would just reorganize myself and I wasn't changing the structure. I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess I just got to get more organized, right? So if you think, oh my gosh, I'm at a disadvantage because I'm disorganized, I found those to be the best people to work with. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, don't get caught into this pile of uh, disorganized or organized. That's not where it goes. Yeah, no, I agree. For me, it's more like, okay, I've been using my calendar, but now if I mm -hmm. listen to what Chris has said and, and use it a little differently, that's for me as an evolution of what I've been doing. Yes. Uh, and that's, to me, I always look for those little takeaways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Where do you want us to go online again to find out more? Hey, check me out on LinkedIn, Chris Ward. Uh, visit us at www.winthehourwintheday.com and look for our podcast, Now Your Business. Fantastic. Chris, this has been a great conversation. We'll have to have you back on. It's, it's certainly appropriate for me because I'm doing these types of episodes here as we approach the, the end of the year in particular. But thanks for taking the time and thanks for being on the show today. Oh, it was very enjoyable. It was a really good conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today, again, was Chris Ward. We release new episodes every Monday morning. 
you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowabusiness.com. Or you can also just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 to receive more information. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.